Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Something about hearing Brent Musburger's voice on a Monday always gets me going. Welcome in to this edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi out there on the East Coast, Stormy Bonantoni at our VEASAN studio in Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. A great weekend to recap throughout the course of the next two hours with the U.S. Open, everything that's going on in the NBA. We've got the draft coming up this week, the, later on this week as well. NFL minicamps are officially wrapped, but most importantly, it's Michael Lombardi's birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are you? Thank you very much, Stormy. I appreciate that. It's good to have you back. We missed you yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's always good to uh, celebrate the birthday with your people you love yeah. and uh, all the family being around. So it'll be fun. I enjoy it. You know, as you get older, you know, they uh, they don't uh, they, you don't count as many of them, but you still count your blessings and and feel such gratitude towards all the people that get to share your life with you. So I'm very, I'm a lucky guy. I really am. I've, I've had some incredible people uh, touch my life. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody out there, you want to wish Michael happy birthday at M Lombardi <laughs> NFL. You get the little balloons that pop up on the Twitter page, but you have the oh, birthday and Father's Day and your anniversary all in the same week. So you're knocking them all out. Uh yeah, it, it, it wears on Millie, I can tell you that. <laughs> by, by the end of, by about 4 o'clock today, she said, okay, I've had enough of this. You know, this is like, we got to move on to something else. So, I love yeah, it. it's fine. Though. I'm impressed that you're working, though. You're working on Father's Day and your birthday. I'd be like, excuse me, John DeGoulet, get me out of here. Bill 80, I need a yeah. break. I know, but, you know, I, somebody got to do it. You know, you have to kind of get, get through it. Today is a federal <laughs> holiday, too, yep. and so... You know, you're working on a federal holiday, too. So we appreciate that after you returned from Phoenix. We we certainly missed you. And uh, there was a lot going on yesterday. I, I was not used to. I got to say this to you. I was not used to watching golf at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, I, I would just I, I, it seems strange to me. I like the British Open. We catch it early in the morning. But it just seems strange to me to watch that golf. And I got to say. 
NBC is going to have to up their game. They're just not quite very good on golf. They're, they're, they're not there yet. You got to be honest, right? Yep, you got to pick it up a little bit. See, and unfortunately, because I was out of town, like yesterday specifically, I'm listening to the final round on PGA Tour radio, so I didn't even have to worry about that broadcast. From that standpoint, I was on the radio. But congratulations to Wyndham Clark, yeah. who finishes the tournament at LA Country Club, 10 under for the weekend. We kind of got the feeling that maybe it was going to be a drama-free back nine. We ended up getting a little bit of the suspense between him and Rory McIlroy, but ultimately he's able to close things out. And credit to anybody who was able to get in a Clark ticket pre-flop before the tournament started. Numbers available anywhere from 50 to 1 to 150 to 1. Saw um, our own Matt Brown here at Beeson on the Long Shots podcast gave out 95 to 1 for Wyndham Clark. And I saw a better on Twitter that was tweeting at Circa at Jeff Benson got down for 500 bucks at 125 to 1. Right here at Circa paid out over 62,000. So kudos, my friend. And I'm nice very job. envious yeah. of that cash. <laughs> You know what? It was fun. It's always Father's Day weekend. It's always fun to watch the U.S. Open. My one son was is back, so I got to watch it with him, and I learned something watching golf with him. He's a big golfer. He's a scratch handicap guy. And, of course, the great Bill Berman. We're all watching the golf, and I didn't know anything, and I would love to share your opinion on I'd love to have your opinion on this. Is They were really obsessed with collars. Like, the collar of the, of the golf shirt had to be really strong and starched and look good and you know when they saw Rory, when they saw uh, Fowler's uh, collar it was you know not very good and they were very dismissive of that where what's your view on collars on golf shirts so I've never specifically called out the collar I like the overall aesthetic of a good golf outfit right like I want the shirt to go together with the shoes, the pants, the whole gamut. I've never really paid that much attention to a collar, to be honest with you. I know you really care, especially around the Masters. You're like, how are you not planning your outfit around this green jacket? You know well, what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, if you got a chance to win the Masters, you better have a shirt that can put, cover that green jacket. But, yeah, you know, like Ricky Cohen with the orange from Oklahoma State, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't like the combination at all. It just didn't look like a champion. And I think part of you got to be like a champion. you got to think like a champion. You know, it's funny. We talked about it yesterday, and, I, and I've been on Ricky Fowler's case for a number of yeah. years because I just don't feel like he has enough – that will to win power in them. And, you know, it was not a surprise that of the four golfers that were competing, because ultimately, realistically, there were only four golfers yesterday that had a chance. It was Fowler, you know, it was Clark, it was uh, Scheffler, and and then obviously it was... Uh, and McElroy. Uh, and McElroy. So those four, right? So, and Fowler finishes fifth of those four. He ties for fifth. Like, you know, like to me, it was you just kind of knew this was coming and you feel bad for the guy. But I think it's more than just the swing. I think it's a little bit of a mental mindset that he's just never been able to take his talent to the next level to win when it, when the pressure's really mounting. Yeah, it's been four years now since he's won anything, um, still in search of a major championship. And he goes into that final day tied for the lead. You think maybe there could be an opportunity that he could continue to level up and rise to the occasion, but then bogeys, what, three of the first seven holes, I want to say, yesterday, and then just not yeah. able to, yeah. to fully complete the well, round. the first tee shot, you knew the first tee shot when he was over in the – you knew this is not good, right? Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's a par five, you kind of knew it was going to be bad. 
And Rory is, I mean, Rory, this is one of those tournaments, I don't know how you felt, Stormy. This is one of those where I thought Rory is going to be mad at himself five years from now. He had his moments to to get this thing and, and just couldn't make the putt that he needed to make. I mean, you know, he shoots even par, one bogey, one birdie, but there was yeah. opportunities that he let slip away out there. It felt eerily reminiscent of last year's Open Championship at St. Andrews where he's hitting the fairways, things are going great, but then the putting just isn't there and it's not what it needs to be. And it stinks because you mentioned he only has the one birdie. It's the first hole of the day. You think maybe that's setting the tone and then ultimately, you know, comes up one shot short of being able to get it done in this spot. And I was rooting for him. Like, I want Rory to finally get over yeah. the hump. I mean, it's been nearly a decade now that he's been able to have a, 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 a major championship. His last win in general was 2014. Um, the, the PGA championship of 2014 was his last major championship. He's had more top tens than anyone in that time with 19 said after his round yesterday, he feels like he's getting closer, but still not quite there yet. I'll be interested to get, um, the, the betting perspective from this a little bit more when we have Thomas Gable later on the show, he can recap how many people were buying in because I wonder if the big names on the board at that point to your, to your point about who had potential to win it come fi final round s Sunday. Um, what are they buying in on Rory? Were people buying in on Scotty Scheffler? What were people actually believing that Wyndham Clark could finish the job? I'm not sure. Um, uh, but we'll have him coming up in about a half an hour. We'll also talk some NFL with Albert Breer of sports illustrated, uh, top writer for the MM. QB at 1.15 Eastern and continue our NFL talk with our guy Mike Pritchard like we always do on a Monday. But um, one last thought here on the U.S. Open as well with Wyndham Clark winning it, Michael. The $7.2 that he's won between this and the Wells Fargo Championship just about a month ago, the most earned by any player across their first two wins in tour history. So he's having a pretty solid, you know, 35 days or so. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. I mean, I like to be his broker. Right. I mean, this is, it's been a pretty good time, right? I mean, he's having a good one, right? Yep, absolutely. You know, I, I got to say, though, Stormy, I mean, he deserves all the credit, and it was a great win, but it, it, it just felt like if somebody would have put a little pressure on him, you know, if there would have been a tiger lurking where, you know, I think it would have been, you would have been able to capture him. And it, it, you got to give credit to Thomas Gable, you know, and, and when we asked what the winning score was going to be, and, and everybody universally on the show yesterday said minus 10. You know, they mm -hmm. thought even par, if Rory or if if uh, Fowler could have shot even par, he was going to win. And that ended up being the case. And, you know, when you go from 62 to 75 on the same course, understanding the difficulty was greatly increased, That, that that's troublesome. Rory McIlroy, by the way, set U.S. Open records for total score and greens in regulation by a player who didn't win. So just another ouch town for our guy, Rory. I wanted him to get there so badly. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next segment as well, but want to make sure the big NBA news of the weekend we touch on right off yeah. the top as well. Um, Phoenix acquires three-time All-Star guard Bradley Beal for a package that includes Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, plus several second-round picks and a pick swap. The Wizards still working on a third team, potentially for Chris Paul, rather than just release him and agree to a contract buyout. Maybe the Clippers, maybe the Lakers. But before we get to the on-court um, impact of this, which we'll do in the next segment, what did you think of just the deal in general for Phoenix? I mean, didn't really have to uh, give up a whole lot here. 
Well, they, they were going to get away from Paul's contract because by the 28th it gets guaranteed, so they needed to do that. There's a $15 million penalty that gets paid that the Wizards will try to alleviate that to another team or they'll just waive them and pay the $15 million. They get that cap. I, I think there's not enough people that know about the new CBA because this really puts Phoenix in three max contracts, mm -hmm. and where are they going to get defense and where are they going to get some help? I mean, because we know Durant's not going to play 82 games. Booker's going to play his share. You know, Beal's a good player. Are they good enough defensively? And we know this from the playoffs. I mean, the depth of their team is problematic. And the, the way the rules are set up today, Stormy, it's not about having three mega stars and no one else. You're going to have to have some depth. So, you know, I think on the surface, most fans would look, well, that's all it costs to get Bradley Beal. And the reality of it is, is when you take that big contract on and that's one of your three guys or two guys. I mean, the league wants it to now where it's just two big guys mm -hmm. and then the rest. So uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to see what depth Phoenix can bring to the table. It looks like, oh, this is a great trade for Phoenix. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, they're already way over the luxury tax threshold with just six players on their current roster. Um, those Players combined uh, with, with Beal, KD, Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, who's on their books, spending nearly $163 million next year just to pay those guys alone. So we'll continue this conversation a little bit more when we come back. Also get to some of the big questions surrounding the NFL as we're in kind of this little dead period between mini camps ending and training camp beginning in just over a month. Still a lot of things to get figured out and some contracts as well to go over. So stick around. More Lombardi line coming up after a quick break. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. You can download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The Phoenix Suns are going for it, Michael. They are all in, to say the least, but is that a good thing? I'm not sure. Um, As we talk about Bradley Beal now joining this Phoenix Suns crew, how impactful is the fact that because they are spending so much money on him, KD, Booker, you got DeAndre Ayton as well, that, I mean, from a depth standpoint, what what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I, I think the bigger problem is they can't get rid of Aiton's contract, yeah. right? So they would love to get him off the books, but who's going to take that, right? You know, I mean, I don't think anybody is going to take the, that contract. So they've got real issues. And, you know, when they take on this Beal contract, that's going to be huge. So, you know, I mean, with Durant making what? He's going to make, I think, $47 million next year. Booker's at 36. Aiton's going to be at $32 million. And then mm-hmm. now you add Bradley Beal, who's close to 40, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Landry Shamit did did do an extension. He was on the books for ten million. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, that's why that deal worked because the thirty uh, the thirty million and the t- and the ten million for both players added up to allow Beal to kind of it fit the cap. So you know, I, I don't know how they're. I don't know where they're going to get any depth. I mean, so right now on their team, you know, they don't have they don't have a lot of guys under contract. They're going to have those four players, and then what else are they going to have? Yeah, exactly, and in cap hell because of it. Um, Beal will have four years and $207 million left on his contract. What, what's confusing to me from the Wizards' standpoint of this, too, is that they give him the Supermax, they give him the big deal just a year ago. Like, why sign him then? Because now they're in this position where they're tied with the Charlotte Hornets as the longest shot to win an NBA championship next year, bottom of the barrel team. They haven't been to the playoffs the last two seasons. If this is not going to be your guy, why not get him off the books then and have an opportunity for a high lottery pick? Put yourself in the Wimbin, the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes potentially. Like, why do this now? It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they didn't do this earlier. Yeah, I mean, look, they were 10th in the league in salary last year. Think about that, Stormy. I mean, they they actually thought that they were better. Again, it always comes back to with pro sports teams. Can you correctly evaluate your own team? Do you know where your own team is? And the Wizards have been one of these teams that haven't had a real true understanding of it. They constantly change general managers, coaches. There's really been no continuity. We just did an interview with Owen Eastwood, who wrote the book Belonging, uh, what a great, great book on, on the GM Shuffle podcast just earlier before this show. And we talked about really developing a identity of who you are as an organization and what you represent and what's the standard of it. And most pro sports teams, and the Wizards being a great example, don't do that. So they just constantly think, well, if we sign this player, we'll be better. If we sign that player, we'll be better. When in reality, they have no culture. It doesn't really matter. So I, I agree with you. Like, there's been no plan. I mean, but think about this. Beal's going to be at $46 million, $50 million, and $52 million with a player option at 57 Yeah. I mean, 
try trading that contract in a couple of years. I mean, you know, and as I said earlier, when you look at their cap, you know, we all think of players' names. We don't think of the player and the cap number that goes to it. This is the problem in football. And so, you know, where is Phoenix going to get their depth? You yeah. know that Durant's not going to stay healthy the whole year, not because he doesn't want to play. I mean, he's not Zion Williamson, but but he's not going to stay healthy. But the reality of it is, is how do you get depth on your team? How do you match Denver's depth and Denver's talent? Well, and that was going to be my follow-up, is where does this put the Suns in relation to those newly crowned Denver Nuggets as far as the Western Conference goes? Like, I get I get the young billionaire who's 43 years old and Matt Ishbia wanting to make a splash. He goes out and gets Kevin Durant. He goes out and is trying to continue to bolster the star power of this team. They're going to be offensively extraordinarily talented with those three players on the court. But with all of the injury issues that all of them have dealt with, especially KD and Bradley Beal, you just wonder if you don't have those depth players, if you don't have those role guys to fill the gaps, where are you going to be left? The Nuggets right now, the favorite to repeat in the Western Conference, plus 260. The Suns right there, though, underneath at plus 350 now. I think the Suns are – I think that's, to me – that I think this is just a perception that that number rose. I, I don't see it. I mean, because at some point mm-hmm. it is a team sport. They got three really good players. I mean, but where all they got? You have to have depth. You got to be able to play those minutes when they're not on the court. And they're not going to get rid of Aiton. I mean, that contract that they did for Aiton. You know, remember now they drafted Aiton over Luca. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. They were committed to this, this, and they kind of didn't really want to do the Aiton deal, but I think they got committed to it. Remember, they were trying to trade him to Detroit last year, and they couldn't quite pull that off. So, look, I, I think this is a hard thing to do. I, I can't see the Suns coming from the East. I would be surprised because it's still a team sport, and you're going to have to put all these pieces together. I don't know how James Jones, the general manager, is going to be able to do all this. And they are now, as far as NBA title odds go, third on the odds board to win it all behind the Nuggets and Celtics. They went down from plus 850 to plus 650 after the move. Meanwhile, Miami fans are a little bit in shambles based on what I've seen on social media because they thought <laughs> that Beal could be a real possibility. He's not, but now maybe um, they just kind of wait with bated breaths, wondering if Damian Lillard's going to head to South Beach. Well, I mean, look, uh, I listened to uh, Woj, uh, Woj on uh, Ryan Rosillo's mm-hmm. pod the other day, and he was pretty clear that Lillard hasn't asked for a trade or wants one. You know, and everybody seems to think that is eventually going to happen. We'll see. I mean, why would Portland do that? He's one of their better players. They have him signed till the 27th season. I don't think Portland's in the mindset to tanking. I do think this, too. Maybe not so much with Seattle, the Seahawks, but the Allen group, the Paul Allen group who's passed away, his sister Jody runs the Allen Sports franchises. There's been a lot of conversations about selling these teams. We just saw the the, the Washington Commanders get sold for $6 billion. So I'm not saying the Seahawks are for sale or the Trailblazers, but I'm sure there is some of that going on. And what does that mean moving forward, and how are they building this organization around them? Uh, it, it, the indications are that everybody in the Twitter universe thinks Lillard's available. Everybody in the NBA doesn't seem to think that. Um, still more to come in the NBA this week, the NBA draft um, on Thursday. Could trades be in play? All the Zion Williamson rumors. So we'll keep an eye on all of that as we look ahead to later on this week. But let's turn our attention to the NFL for now as we continue kind of a theme over the last few weeks and now getting into this portion of the offseason where mandatory mini camps are in the rear view, training camp are on the horizon, but trying to figure out what's going on right now. 
there are a number of free agents and, and some big name guys who are still available. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, but then you look farther down with Zeke, um, Kareem Hunt, Yannick Ngakwe, Jadavian Clowney, all these guys. Um, one of my big questions in general for this offseason is when are some of these deals going to get done and who are the best fits? So when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook um, and maybe Kareem Hunt as well in that conversation, where are some of like at what point do you think these deals get done? And is there any name and place that really stands out to you as a fit for any of those guys? Well, I love Dalvin Cook in Washington, but I might be the only one who likes him there because I think Washington needs another back. I, I think that's the one hole in the, well, they have a lot of holes on their team, but I think that hole, that's a, an obvious one because, again, it goes back to when they had J.D. McKissick, they were a better team as he was their nickelback. It helped their quarterback. We know that uh, they they are fully vested in Josh Dotson. Excuse me, Josh Dotson came out and said how Sam Howell can be their starter, but I, I don't see it. You know, both running backs last year, Robinson and, and Gibson, both averaged under four yards. They don't have that special nickelback. I think Cook would be just sensational. For a young player like Sam Howell to have Dalvin Cook back there, especially for an offensive coordinator who runs the West Coast offense and Eric Bieniemy, I think that makes a lot of sense. Hopkins makes sense to me in Buffalo if they want to get a slot receiver because I think that's where he needs to play right now. He needs to have a Gabriel Davis on the outside of him that's a vertical stretch guy that he can maneuver inside the slot because one thing we know about Hopkins he's always covered but he always makes plays so I think a lot of this is going to take some time Kareem Hunt I mean last year Kareem Hunt made 6.2 million dollars and he's out there on the open market nobody seems to be really willing to spend that still a lot of conversation about Joe Mixon getting released will that happen this year Stormy I said this on the pod today there's 10 running backs making over 10 million dollars a year in the National Football League this year the last two seasons, there's only been six combined, six, and this year has 10. So this notion that no one's paying running backs isn't true. The running back number may not be what the running backs like, but people are paying running backs. They're just not paying them what they think they should get based on the cap. Yeah, that's an interesting topic because we think about that position getting slighted so much, but in the grand scheme of things, as it pertains to the National Football League, being paid more than we've seen them paid before. Any of these guys get signed before training camp, or is it just a waiting game for other guys to get hurt and like finding I out needs? I think after July 4th. Okay. I think some maybe, you know, because why would you take a deal unless it's your deal now? Yeah, don't need it right now. We're going to step aside, take a quick break. When we return here on the Lombardi line, head behind the counter with our guy, Thomas Gable of the Borgata. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. We know the NFL is king. It's year round and it is always football season here at VSIN as well, which is why we're giving you that 2023 NFL betting guide early. Coming out June 29th, our NFL guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming season with in-depth profiles of every single team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, props, and more. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special where you get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for just $175. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. And I know in the past, these have been a la carte. You could buy 
the betting guide alone by itself. Now you need to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Our guy, Michael Lombardi, a contributor to the guide as well. Going to be awesome stuff as that comes out soon. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we continue to recap a busy, eventful weekend on the sports calendar. We bring in friend of the show, Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook over at the Borgata. And a happy belated Father's Day to you as well, TG. How are you today? Thank you. Yes, thanks so much. And happy birthday to Michael. Yes, celebration. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, we celebrated last week. We went stormy. We went to one of the best restaurants in the East Coast, a place called Cafe 2825. Thomas was kind enough to take us there. It was uh, wonderful, and uh, I appreciate it. TG, were you surprised Ricky Fowler folded? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I don't want to be too hard on, on Fowler. I mean, no, neither do I. I, I. You know what I admire more about Fowler than anything, TG, is he didn't take the live money. I mean, of all the people that could have taken right. the live money, he got offered a ton, right? You know, I thought he showed some backbone by not doing it. But I guess I should have asked the question this way. That was insensitive. Did Was anybody betting Fowler to win this thing at your shop? He was. I mean, we, we took a lot of, uh, lot of bets on Ricky pre-tournament. And, you know, he was around 50 to one, 60 to one range uh, pre-tournament. And people were also betting him in play as well. But, you know, to your point, not taking the live money, you know, he was somebody whose game was kind of ripe to do that, to make that decision, right? Because he, he wasn't really playing up to, you know, the standards that he had previously on the tour. So, uh, you know, Kudos to him that he's certainly he's his game is on an upswing at this point. He he has you know six top ten finishes this year prior to the U.S. Open, so uh, you know he set the uh, scoring record of 62 in one round along with Shoffley there on Thursday. He was the leader either outright or tied uh, for the lead you know, the three rounds of this Open. So. Uh, you know, it certainly was a good showing for Fowler. I think for him, I don't know what the effect of missing that putt on Saturday night on 18, where he three putted, did to him psychologically. Um, you know, yes, it was dark out. It was he dropped the shot there, and any shot, dropping a shot is big when you're in the lead and you have a bunch of guys who are bunched up there at the top of the leaderboard. But at that point, when you're Ricky Fowler and you haven't had the success uh, lately that you've been accustomed to and you've been struggling, what does that do to you, to your mindset going into the final round? Yes, you're still in the lead, but you're not the outright leader anymore. And, you know, is there doubt that starts to creep in? We'll never know. Only Ricky will know that. Mm -hmm. But it certainly seemed, you know, right from the start yesterday, he never, ever seemed comfortable on the course yesterday. Uh, just was never really in control. And it was the exact opposite of what we saw from, from the other guys. You know, Clark, I thought had his short game was tremendous. Anytime that he needed to lean on that and get up and down, he did. Um, and, you know, McElroy, I mean, listen, the only thing that, Rory didn't do yesterday was make a putt. I think the guy set a record for most greens in regulation throughout the tournament. I mean, he just hit every green, every fairway. He just couldn't make a putt. Now it is tough to get uh, in real close on U S open uh, greens, but 
you know, his putter just didn't come through. And the same thing with Scheffler. We talked about him yesterday. Uh, he never really kind of got himself to uh, be a threat really for the lead yesterday because he couldn't make a putt. Uh, and, and that's always seems to be the issue with Scheffler. I mean, the guy's a machine in terms of getting top tens and top fives. He is the best player in the world. Uh, and it's a shame that, you know, you wonder just how dominant he could be if he could uh, get on a hot streak with the putter. But uh, yesterday, it just wasn't his day. He kind of just was treading water and uh, just never really threatened the top spot. So, you know, it was Clark who was able to, to get it done there. And I, I like Clark's resolve. I thought he went in there with the with the right attitude. He looked like he uh, had the right attitude coming off the round on Saturday night. So, uh, you know, he, he played strong, he executed well, and he didn't let the pressure uh, phase him at all. Yeah, uh, and I, the numbers that were available for Wyndham Clark to win it as well, you know that there were certainly some happy long shot betters out there as well. Rory McIlroy finishes at nine under, his only birdie in the final round on that first hole. hole. Scheffler, who you mentioned, seven under, his 16th consecutive <clears throat> top 12 finish on the PGA Tour, and Fowler, you feel for him shooting five over 75 after entering with the co-lead, but... Fowler's going to Fowler, unfortunately. How about in the NBA? Um, the news coming out Sunday that Bradley Beal will be headed over to the Phoenix Suns. What kind of movement did you guys see at the Borgata in terms of futures, whether it be in the conference or NBA title odds, adding him to an already you know stacked group with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and and DeAndre Ayton as well there. From a dollars and cents standpoint, uh, you know, maybe not the wisest thing in the world to put together, but um, as far as betters buying in on that working, are they? Well, that's a good question. I think you're going to see some people jump in here on the Suns, and you saw a little bit of movement there in their title odds. Uh, went from plus 850 now down to plus 650. Um, and when you look at the West, though, I mean, you still have the, obviously the Nuggets to contend with, and they're the defending champs. And I'm not quite sure what Beal joining this team is really going to accomplish uh, for them. It doesn't really speak to the issue that Phoenix had that was glaring in the playoffs this year, which was the lack of depth, the lack of a bench. And, you know, they're leaning on their top guys. Now, all right, you add another top guy, and I understand that the timing of this was really uh, due to the, the CBA, but um, I think in terms of the betting markets, you're, you'll see people run. Anytime that there's a big move, a big superstar moves, betters will come in and, and, and try to jump on, on that team. Uh, people, though, were, I think – where the betters really here were anticipating, we were taking a lot of money on Miami in the future market. Uh, whether people were thinking the deal was going to go there and the price on Miami was really going to drop. Obviously, they're still kind of in the conversation there for Lillard. So, uh, but they were around 25 to 1. And this past week, I would say a lot of people were coming in and, uh, and betting Miami, really looking to get that better number than if they had gotten Beal or maybe if they potentially get Lillard, uh, the, the odds on them are going to drop. TG, what is your number on Miami? I mean, they, the, if they get – I mean, right now it's probably going to be the best, assuming we don't know if Lillard's even available, but say they trade for Lillard. I mean, obviously that number will move a hell of a lot more than what Bradley Beal moved Phoenix. Sure. So we were at 25-1, to 1 and really just due to the amount of bets and, and money we were taking, we're down to 20-1 to 1 here now. 
Wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's without a player movement, Stormy. I mean, yep. that's what nothing happening. I mean, you know, so you know Riley's going to have something up his sleeve. For sure. TG, one last thing for you. Um, the College World Series has been pretty exciting here so far. Only one game decided by more than one run. Two good ones today, an elimination game between Tennessee and Stanford, and then later on in the evening, two number ones in Wake Forest, who overtook that top seed spot, and LSU, who was the top team in the country the majority of the year. How much are people betting these games? Have we seen the College World Series handle grow historically? What do you got for us? Yeah, it certainly has. I, I think this year it's been the strongest that it's been, uh, but it's been a nice increase almost every year. I mean, this was an event that really when uh, PASPA was first repealed and we went legal here in Jersey, it, it was an event that really didn't get much attention at all in the betting market. Uh, but the last couple of years, it, you've seen a steady increase in handle and interest and people wanting these games up, being able to bet them. So, uh, you know, within the last week, I'd say the, the handle's been very, very good. Uh, some of these games do rival uh, Major League Baseball games in terms of handle individually. So uh, it's it's been fun, and it's something that I hope, you know, just continues to grow. It's Because this is a time of year where you're kind of uh, starved for a little bit of product out there and what you're offering. So it, it's great uh, just to have another option out there. Yeah, with the NBA and great. NHL Finals coming to a close, get a little College World Series action in there. Awesome stuff, TG. Thank you. Thanks, TG. Right, Appreciate thanks, you. Guys. Have a great day. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, TG. That's our guy, Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook over at the Borgata in Atlantic City, Tennessee, a minus 135 favorite over Stanford today. Total in that game set at nine and Wake minus 160 against the LSU Tigers total nine and a half. Back to the NFL when we return on the Lombardi line. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all the legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to 25 bucks. Only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and up only to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification. Eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Earlier this hour, we were talking about some burning questions this NFL offseason. Michael, we specifically were looking at some of the big name free agents on the market, what might happen there. But now let's turn the page to players under the franchise tag. Tony Pollard, the only player to actually sign his franchise tender at this point. We saw Lamar Jackson and Deron Payne sign extensions after being tagged earlier this offseason. But now we've got Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Evan Ingram, all guys trying to work out long-term deals. So my question to you is, will any of these franchise-tagged players work out an extension before that July 17th deadline? How do you feel? You know, I get the sense that, you know, look, I've said this about the Giants. The Giants are a very loyal organization. They love the players that they draft. And because of that, they tend to overpay you know, for the players that they draft. And it's happened. It's just a human nature. They're very caring and they and they kind of overlook some of the, they're not as clinical or transactional, I should say, as, as some other teams. And so I, I think to me, they want to do a deal with Barkley. And I think that's something that they want to do. Now, you know, does Barkley want to do something at 16, 17 million? I'm sure. Do the Giants do something at 12 million, which is what Henry got per year? I think that's probably the market. And so everybody takes the franchise and says, well, you've signed up for, he's got one year at 10 million plus 30% plus another 30%, you know, then you should just do a three-year deal. Well, that's really not how it works. I mean, that's one of the, that's how the Vikings got in so much trouble with Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, as the Washington football team did because they went on that logic. So to me, I would say that would be the one. I would think the Raiders would love to sign Josh Jacobs. However, you know, what the number he wants and where they are probably is a little bit of a, a sticking point that's not going to get resolved before the 17th. Yeah, and both of those guys certainly feeling like they've earned their payday, right? Saquon coming off of his best season in what feels like forever, finally getting healthy, and Josh Jacobs having led the league in rushing yards, wanting to feel comfortable and earn his extension as well. Um, and, and by the way, Saquon, after all of the headlines about a week or so ago talking about him, having a card he could play if potentially sitting the reports at least over the weekend that there's not panic on either side when it comes to Saquon this season. Let's keep talking some money here because Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, a couple of young elite quarterbacks in this league, both eligible for extensions. They want to get paid. Teams want to see them there uh, secured for the future as well with the talent that they have. Will we see one or both of them get their deal done before training camps? 
I think we'll see both of them get their deal done before the start of the season. I don't know about training camp, but I, I, I would say one maybe before training camp, both before the start of the season. Okay. Look, these deals, as I've mentioned many times, are not hard to do. You kind of have a sense, especially with Lamar Jackson's deal just getting done, you have a sense of the market, right? You understand where the player fits. You understand how that value is going to fit into that. It's not a hard contract. A lot of it comes over the distribution of the funds, not necessarily how many, how many, how much per year. It's how can we make this the best possible contract that allows us to utilize the cap and get a supporting cast around the quarterback. So I think both of them, I think, you know, even – Mike Brown, who's one of the hardest negotiators in the league, the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals, he's fully aware that it's time, you know, he has to pay Burrow because one thing Mike Brown has always understood in his career, everybody thinks he's cheap. Mike Brown isn't cheap. Mike Brown is very, he doesn't want to overpay for mediocrity. And I think he sees Burrow as the true real thing. So we see Jalen Hurts, who he, you know, sets the tone, five years, $255 million, $51 million average annual value. Then Lamar, comes up and exceeds that again makes history he's the highest paid player 52 million average annual value um highest in the league five year 260 185 fully guaranteed when we see one of these next contracts get done we now as you referenced know what the market is set at currently but Lamar Jackson a former MVP as well he's proven from that standpoint when it comes to one of these other contracts, do we continue to see those numbers get exceeded and have historic numbers moving forward? Or are we going to see something maybe not quite to the level that we had with Patrick Mahomes there in Kansas City, but a more team-friendly type of a thing for the future? How do you see it? Well, I think, look, Lamar won MVP in the league. Now, he hasn't been great in the playoffs, but he's won the MVP. Jalen Hurts took his team to a Super Bowl. So those are two things, you know, and Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls, and he's probably the eighth highest paid quarterback in the league on average. So there's the negotiation, right? So if you're Joe Burrow, you've been to two conference championship games in the last two seasons. You've been close. You've been to one Super Bowl. So, you know, you can make the same case that Jalen Hurts has made. You've made your team better. You start out five and four two years in a row, and you end up getting one game away from a Super Bowl and in a Super Bowl. So you can't imagine his number isn't going to look somewhere around 52, 52 and a half, 53, maybe 51, depending. On, it's more about the spread, right? I think that's going to be the key. As for Justin Herbert, you know, they haven't really been a dominant team in terms of how far they advanced to the playoffs. He missed it two years ago. He made it last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's probably a little bit more wiggle in the sense that we'll give you a chance to earn that average per year if you take us on a winning percentage. I just don't think it's a hard contract to do, Stormy. I mm -hmm. think it's, you know, you, you have mutual respect for the player. The player understands he's going to make a, probably an average per year starting with the number five. Yep. Burrow should be pretty uh, excited, I would think, maybe more so of the two. And especially for Justin Herbert, yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but it was an ugly ending as well. So how do they build on it this year? Another question I have, one former 49ers quarterback and a current one. How will the recovery process for quarterbacks Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo go this offseason? And will they really be ready for training camp and day one like we keep hearing? Well, I think there's no question on Garoppolo. I mean, Garoppolo is, you know, he, he's going to be ready to go. That was the whole planning behind the decision that they made in April that got a lot of fanfare last month about, you know, oh, my gosh, he's got this tied to his guarantee. I think they, they did that surgery. They put that they put that screw in because they they fully wanted him to be completely healthy for training camp, and he will be. Uh, I think Purdy will be healthy for training camp. I think Purdy will be on a pitch count. 
and I think Purdy will see Purdy, how he throws, how he maneuvers. But, I again, you can't always go by one person's rehab schedule. It's kind of how it feels, and it sounds to me like it's trending in the right direction for Purdy. So I expect both of them to be cleared. I don't think either player will start out the season on PUP. What does that mean? That means you're physically unable to perform, which means you didn't pass the team's physical, which means you can't practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think fully both players will pass the physical and they'll start to integrate themselves into the practice. I think Garoppolo will probably be a slightly ahead of Purdy. I think Purdy's just going to be a pitch count. I think he's got to be careful how much he does actually throw the football. Yeah, and good to see that he is throwing, feeling comfortable so far, and everything in his rehab process has gone well to this point. But you always worry about those setbacks ahead of a season and not wanting to push it just to rush that day one availability. Uh, Now we talk so much about offense because that's the headlines, um, but defense wins championships, as they say as well. So you look at Quinn and Williams um, there with the Jets, who hasn't gotten his deal done yet. Chris Jones as well with Kansas City, both of them skipping their offseason workouts. So which defensive holdout will get paid before camp, do you think? Oh, I think Quinn Williams will get paid. I think there's no question he'll get paid. I think he has to get paid. He's too good of a player. And Chris Jones is under contract. I'm sure, you know, what's happened to Chris Jones is he did his, you know, when your contract's done like a longer time ago, you kind of get passed up. Mike Evans, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a perfect example. He's in an outdated contract. And so they haven't really renegotiated his deal. They could use his cap room to help the Bucs situation. But I think the, the, the Chiefs realize that Chris Jones is a huge, huge, one of the top three defensive tackles in the league. You know, you've got Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons, and then you could put Chris Jones. He's ahead of Parker. He's ahead of Lawrence. He's ahead of Hargrave. He's ahead of Leonard Williams, Buckner, all those guys. Chris Jones is the real deal. Mm-hmm. So I get, you know, and, and Kansas City knows it. They got to get him under contract. I'm sure they will. And we've gone back and forth in this a number of times this offseason with regard to Quinn and Williams. Like, there is a clear confidence that that deal's not going to get done. Like, you don't foresee this holdout situation lasting long. No, because here's the thing. Jeffrey Simmons makes $23.5 million on a yearly basis, right? Aaron Donald's at 31. Now, is, you know, Quinton Williams at Aaron Donald's level? No. Is he better than Jeffrey Simmons? Probably not. So, I mean, does he get 24? Maybe. Does he get 25? That might be a lot. I mean, you know, Donald's in a different category. He's been the defensive player of the year numerous times. So it's going to be closer to Simmons, and you've got that framework already worked out. Yeah, everybody's got their number that they're seeking, but Aaron Donald's in a threshold all his own, that's for sure. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here. Hour two of the Lombardi line coming up next, and we'll get things started with Step Into My Office. Michael Lombardi's got some sage advice for some people who need to hear it next. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.